0: What's going on guys? In today's podcast, I'm going to go through my wide receiver rankings. I'm going to I'm going to give you 25 guys this time because mainly because the last two I really had a hard time uh, sorting and I just thought, "Hey, 24 or 25. A nice even 25 number." So, we'll go that route. And just real quick, Michael Thomas is not going to be in here simply because that's too hard to quantify in my opinion in terms of <clears throat> where he should be ranked all things considered, right? I mean, it's it's a tricky situation. It's one I'm pretty uncomfortable with, and I think that I wouldn't take him over guys that I perceive are wide receiver twos in all likelihood for my drafts, right? I mean, I wouldn't take him above, some, above most of these guys. So that's kind of my thoughts on it. But I will tell you where, if I had to rank him in here, where I'd have him. So anyways, let's get to it. Um, I've already released my top 12, but obviously with Michael Thomas being injured, that has changed. And so let's go through that. Number one, Devontae Adams. That's not changing. He is the, in my opinion, the wide receiver one. Number two, Stefan Diggs. Again, I like his floor over the number three and four guys' floors, but it's close. And really, if you wanted to go into tiers, I'd probably say one through i I'd say one is in his own tier slightly. And then two, three, and four, I would say like you could really do it any way you want in terms of Diggs number three being Tyreek Hill, and number four being DeAndre Hopkins. I'd be cool with you kind of sorting that out however you want. But for me, I think Diggs has a weekly floor that's a little bit higher than that of Tyreek Hill and DeAndre Hopkins. So that's kind of why I have Diggs there. And I think their ceilings, true ceilings, are all very close. I'd say Tyreek Hill's is probably a little higher, but because if Tyreek Hill got volume, like legit volume, like what Diggs saw last year, he would have the best receiver – Fantasy season ever. So I mean, that's kind of uh, something to consider there. But I think generally speaking, their ceilings are, are pretty similar, right? Um, but yeah, so those two, three, and four, I, I'm cool with however you want to change that up. But it's just how I personally have it. And so number five now, because of the Michael Thomas um, injury is Allen Robinson. And I'm totally comfortable with that. I think he's going to finish top five. I really believe that. I think five being I wouldn't, I wouldn't call that his floor, but just in in terms of a prediction, I like him to finish fifth. Uh, Number six is Justin Jefferson. I mean, this guy lit the NFL on fire last year as a legitimate wide receiver one in fantasy for most of the year. And I don't see that changing all that much. And the reason I don't see that changing is because number one, he is that talented. He is a very, very good, maybe even a great route runner already. And that's just, that's usually a skill that is kind of build upon from a young guy to being like by the time he's a veteran he's a legit route runner guys like Justin Jefferson and Jerry Judy came in as really good route runners as rookies and that's very much a rare trait to have and I think Justin Jefferson being in a situation in Minnesota where they've got a dominant run game right Dalvin Cook and just the whole scheme and how it all meshes together is perfect there so and the presence of Adam Thielen just also gives you another reason why you can't really you can't hone in on him in the way that like maybe teams will try Stephon Diggs this year. I think that's that's something that really works in the favor of just of Justin Jefferson. And also works in the favor of the Vikings as a football team. So yeah, Justin Jefferson is number six for me. Number seven is DK Metcalf. And I know a lot of people are gonna be higher on DK than I am, and and probably Tyler Lockett as well. But my thing is like, dude, if you see certain trends and they and they kind of happen more than once where it did as a and just with russell wilson and the overall seattle passing attack in the last couple of years now but dk and i believe dk as well in his rookie season but if you look at the the kind of like variance that is possible simply because we've seen it be possible in terms of his production and just overall involvement in the offense and you combine that with the fact that i think that seattle's going to run the ball a little a little bit more this year than what they did last year. Last year was the year they let Russ cook. We saw down the stretch why that wasn't necessarily working all that well, as much as they, you know, kind of it was early. But um, look, the element of surprise in pro football is a big deal. When you come out as a team with the reputation it's going to run the ball 50% of the time, at least, right, as Seattle has had since Pete Carroll's really been there. And this also happened in Buffalo, by the way, but Buffalo was able to kind of just keep it rolling because. Josh Allen and that that whole team were just on fire last year. But in Seattle, we saw, and also Buffalo's much better offensive line. So uh, Allen was able to get pass protection. That's the big difference, too, right? In Seattle, you can't count on high-level pass protection. So if you want to run an offense like that, you you've got to have the balance of the run game mixed in there, the threat of the run game and the, the respect of the defense in that regard. If you don't, you know, bad things can happen in terms of like if your quarterback can't get time to throw. I mean, it's going to be tough to produce in any way as a a fantasy receiver in that offense. So DK is still number seven for me. I think that he's definitely a guy that can finish top five. Nobody would be shocked about it, including myself. But when you factor in his floor and he showed us a very ugly floor over the final uh, seven, eight games of last season, I think that that's kind of like my justification for being a little bit lower on DK Metcalf. Number eight, Calvin Ridley. And yes, I know again, people are going to be higher on him than me. I understand that. I think that Calvin Ridley could be awesome this year. He could shatter even where I have him as the wide receiver eight. Although I I don't see him going much higher than like fifth or sixth, but um, I think Calvin Ridley is going to be a stud. I think he's a really good route runner, similar player to Justin Jefferson. Uh, I just think Jefferson's a little bit more dynamic in terms of just explosiveness as an athlete. But overall, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Calvin Ridley in an offense now where there is no Julio Jones. There is no threat of maybe Julio Jones might play this week. It's going to be Calvin Ridley is the biggest threat on that offense in terms of like skill players. So that will be interesting to see in a new scheme, how he's featured and how he handles that specific responsibility. So uh, for me, again, he's still wide receiver eight, which I think is a very high, you know, that shows how highly I think of him. Number nine is A.J. Brown, and yes, I could be higher than A.J., but I think that when you look at the fact that he's not going to be a super high-volume guy just because that's not in the nature of that offense, right, assuming they stay similar to what they've been under Arthur Smith in recent years, which I don't see why they wouldn't to some degree, I think that volume is not something that you can count on with him, right? So in order to for him to be a legit wide receiver one, which I still believe he will be as evidenced by me having it at nine – I think that he needs to have a lot of touchdowns, and he needs to have those chunk plays. So you re- you're relying on extreme efficiency, which I'm okay with to an extent because we've seen nothing but extreme efficiency since he's uh, you know been in the NFL on this team. So, um, but for me, because of the lack of true volume in terms of an elite level volume uh, that an elite receiver would get. I think that's why A.J. Brown is just my wide receiver nine, and I could totally understand, again, how some people are going to be higher on him than me. Number 10, and this guy, volume will be no issue for him, and that's Keenan Allen, right? He is a, he is going to catch 100 passes. That's just what he's doing, right? He's the clear wide receiver one on that team, but it's also a team now with a very much improved uh, pass protection unit in terms of the offensive line, or at least what should be on paper, assuming they all stay healthy which uh, along the offensive line, that's no that's no guarantee. But also we've got Justin Herbert with a new uh, scheme. There should be a guy that I think is, is going to be at least competent, maybe even high level at the quarterback position. So there's that working for Keenan Allen as well. And it's a situation where there's enough in terms of the way of help uh, for supporting cast-wise for Keenan Allen to where you can't really just completely – focus on him too much because other guys can actually hurt you badly in that offense. So um, for those reasons, Keenan Allen is my wide receiver 10. I loved him last year when he's going in the fifth round. He's not going in the fifth round this year, but I still think in the third round, he's going to provide value for anybody who spends that uh, that kind of draft capital on him. Number, um, number 11 for me <clears throat> is Robert Woods, someone that I'm just very bullish on, and I'm not going to go away on this. I think that Robert Woods is a guy that, um, with Matthew Stafford there, and especially now with Cam Akers out, it could be an offense that looks to pass the ball just a little bit more than maybe they would like uh, in general. Uh, I think Robert Woods is going to be the main beneficiary of the um, Matthew Stafford trade in that offense. I just think he's the the most well-rounded receiver. And I think that if Marvin Jones and Matthew Stafford, Marvin Jones is a similar player, and sort of uh, to Robert Woods from a stylistic standpoint, skill set standpoint, not quite as talented, but he but is similar, right? I think that if you saw and, and you liked what you saw from Marvin Jones and Matthew Stafford, I think Robert Woods and Matthew Stafford are going to be that on steroids, especially with Sean McVay calling the shots in terms of the offense there in LA. So yes. I very much like Robert Woods. I think he's going to finish right around here, 11 or 12. So he's my wide receiver 11 now with Michael Thomas stuff going on. Number 12 is Terry McLaurin. So Terry McLaurin last year was on fire to start the season. I mean, really, for the first three months of the season, first 12 weeks or so, he was a top 12 or 13 wide receiver. And then over the final four games, I think over the final five weeks and four games for Terry, he kind of um, fell off in terms of production, but I think that's justifiable considering he was the only option on an offense—not the only option, but, but one of two real pass-catching threats on an offense that had limited quarterback play. And um, it was also the first year we can't—we can't underestimate this. It was the first year in a brand new system there in Washington, so that was another reason, kind of, why uh, Terry maybe wasn't quite as dominant as he was, but he averaged almost 90 yards receiving per game over those first 12 weeks. So he's a guy that even with, and that was, he only had three touchdowns. So for him to have just three touchdowns and still be a top 13 receiver over the first three months of the season just shows you how consistent he can and usually is, right? In terms of uh, as a fantasy receiver for you. So yes, he's my wide receiver 12 and I'm pretty I'm pretty comfortable with that. I like the combination of floor and ceiling with Terry McLaurin. Number 13. And this one is something that I'm kind of been changing on, right? That's CD Lamb is my water super 13. I am not afraid to jump ship and abandon a guy that I've been banging the drum for. I will do it because I'm interested in being correct. I'm not interested in having love affairs with certain players and and you know just constantly repeating the same rhetoric. I'm I'm for trying to be correct and trying to give you the best possible advice i can so for me cd lamb just i don't know just it, it call it intuition and just what i've seen of a couple plays here and there in camp i think cd lamb has a chance to really be a wide super one i think a top 10 finish is very much in the realm of a range of outcomes for him so i like him i think that um Dak showed good chemistry with him last year in the limited time that he did play with him, and I think CeeDee Lamb could be a uh, legitimate wide receiver one, so he's my my number 13 receiver in fantasy this year. Number 14, this might surprise some people, is Cooper Cup. I think Cooper Cup, man, uh, again, similar to what I said about Robert Woods, except for, I think, just the slightly lesser version in many ways, so Cooper Cup is going to be a consistent pass catching target there in LA. I think that when you, when you factor in, if they're able to run the football uh, successfully, which I think Daryl Henderson is a plenty capable running back um, for that scheme specifically. I think that uh, Matthew Stafford, Sean McVay, and all those kinds of guys, I mean, with the, with the help they have, In terms of talent at the receiver position and just overall skill players, even with even even with Tyler Higby as a tight end, I think that just makes you a really difficult offense to game plan around. And there's no way, in my opinion, there's no way opposing defenses can hone in on any one player. So I think Cooper Cup, just because of what we've seen in terms of how Sean McVay wants to get him utilized for the far majority of his career, has a relatively high floor and a pretty high ceiling as well. So I like the um, again, I like the combination of floor and ceiling with Cooper Cup, and he's my wide receiver 14. Number 15 is going to be Chris Godwin. So I like Chris Godwin as like, and I've said this many times, as the only guy, maybe not the only guy, but the guy that I consider a legitimate top 15 option in this Bucks offense that is going to be very well-rounded and well-dispersed in terms of targets and how they're shared amongst the team. But I think if there's one guy with the role that we can really, really count on to be a high-level fantasy performer. It's going to be Chris Godwin's role, that Larry Fitzgerald, big slot kind of role. And um, he does play some of the outside as well. But I think the talent and the fact that they franchise tagged him should show you that the intent is going to be to utilize him as much as possible, right? So I think Chris Godwin is going to be a consistent fantasy performer, a really high-floor guy, maybe not – doesn't have a top-seven ceiling in my opinion – but he's most certainly has a very high floor. And I think that wide receiver 15 is a likely finish for him. So that's where he's at for me. Number 16, and this could surprise some people, is going to be Deontay Johnson. I am doubling down on Deontay Johnson in the face of everyone kind of like hyping up Claypool and and even Juju Smith-Schuster for reasons I can't imagine. But I mean, look, Juju's a decent player. He's not a bad player at all, but like for me, Deontay Johnson is the most talented receiver they have. And last year, even in a season where he struggled with drops on, on really badly at times, I think that Ben Roethlisberger has a connection with him and a trust with him in terms of, will he be open that he doesn't have with anybody else on that roster? And I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Deontay Johnson as, as uh, my wide receiver 16 is a guy that I think easily has a top eight or so floor. I'm sorry. Ceiling, (laughs) top eight ceiling. So yes, Deontay Johnson, somebody I really like and I think that um, it's gonna be a really legit value for you. Number 17 is Adam Thielen. So for all the reasons I like Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, I could say the same things about, right? Really good player, really good route runner, um, versatile in in terms of what he can do in that scheme, and also is the beneficiary of good quarterback play combined with a very, very good, almost dominant run game, and what run game that I think could be even more dominant this year with what should be an improved offensive line. So Adam Thielen is a guy that you could say, well, he's not going to consistently get that kind of touchdown production, but, or efficiency, I should say, but he has for the last, what, two, three years, so Adam Thielen is a guy that I think has a really high floor, I think that, um, you know, again, maybe his ceiling is not top five or seven, but his ceiling is definitely top 12, and floor, I think, is top 16 or so, so, like, I like Adam Thielen, he's my wide receiver for 17, number 18 for me is Kenny Galladay, I think Kenny Galladay is being slept on, I really do, like, when you look at kind of the um, first of all, if you just look at like who's their best player at the at the receiver position, is it Kenny Galladay by a landslide or is it close? In my opinion, it's Kenny Galladay by a landslide. He's the best player on that offense in terms of uh, receivers, right? Receiver tight end, the guys that are going to catch passes as they pass catcher. He is by far their best option. I think that when you look at that and you combine it with sometimes Daniel Jones is going to be in a situation where he just got to get rid of the football because no one's open. And I think that and he's got the pass rush running down on him. I think those are the types of situations, particularly in the red zone, where Kenny Galladay is going to be a gigantic boost for this New York Giants offense. So for me, Kenny Galladay, I think, has a the floor of a low-end wide receiver two and the ceiling of a top 10, top 12 guy. Somebody again on Twitter the other day, I mentioned this uh maybe like last week sometime. They said Kenny Galladay could be this year's Stefan Diggs, being that high-profile receiver that goes to a new team with a young quarterback entering his third year and performs much higher than we thought at a fifth-round, very affordable, mid-fifth, late, maybe late-fifth-round ADP. I think Kenny Galladay uh, could be that guy. I don't see the ceiling being as high as Stephon Diggs because I don't see the volume being there like to that extent. But I do think that Kenny Galladay, and I should share this, I thought the same thing about Stephon Diggs last year. I did not see this kind of volume. I thought a, a more of a... High yards per catch, um, high touchdown efficiency, low volume receiver was what Diggs would be, but I was completely wrong there. So Kenny Galladay to me is going to be, I think, a decent volume, high efficiency in terms of like touchdowns and things like that, yards per reception. So a big kind of a chunk play guy. But one with decent volume at that uh, in that regard. So Kenny Galladay is my wide receiver. Eighteen, number nineteen is Mike Evans. Yes, Mike Evans. I know another Buccaneer. And but look, man, this guy. I think that when you look at all they have in terms of guys to throw the football to, Mike Evans to me is one that shouldn't, is not going to have the highest volume. It's going to have less volume, I think, than even Kenny Galladay, which is partly the reason why he's behind him. But I think the likelihood of him being extremely efficient as a pass catcher in terms of yards per reception, in terms of touchdowns and things like that, is very high because, again, of who the quarterback is, along with how many guys they have to throw the football to you, and the fact that they run the football consistently as well. So you really can't hone in too many or too much on any one guy in that offense. And that's going to make for a more efficient Mike Evans. And Mike Evans is obviously an extremely talented receiver. So wide receiver 19, I think I'm being conservative with more where Mike Evans will finish. And um, yeah, I, just feel, I feel pretty good about that, though, in terms of got uh, the guys he's behind as well. Number 20 for me is Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper is someone I've kind of went down on a little bit in terms of where I started on him. I think that if you just want to talk about his upside and ceiling, I think top eight or nine is definitely in the realm of possibility, maybe even higher than that. I mean, honestly, if, if you want to talk about just his pure ceiling, but in terms of floor, we've seen it now with Amari Cooper really anywhere he's been. He has that floor where it's like on a weekly basis, at least where it could be, oh, man, why did I start Amari Cooper? Right? It, it, it's, it's that kind of low in terms of floor. So I think that's why he's lower for me but um, wide receiver 20, in my opinion, is a fair spot for him, and and it's something that he could definitely outperform, but I think that it's a very safe middle ground in terms of where he is likely to finish. All right, number 21, D.J. Moore. Yes, D.J. Moore. This guy had 127 yards, 130-something yards, and over 103 of the final five games last year, so he is a guy that was really starting to pick it up down the stretch last season. He was targeted at least eight times in every game and targeted 10 or more times in three of the final five games. So he was really um, improving in terms of overall usage in that offense. And I think that when you when you consider the possibility, at least, or maybe even in some would, some would say the likelihood that Sam Darnold is better than Teddy Bridgewater was last year, I think that those reasons are <clears throat> reasons to really have a, a – optimistic outlook on how DJ Moore looks to produce in 2021, second year in in that system or whatever there in terms of the offense. And now he's a guy that showed that he should have, or he at least could have the volume needed to be a high-end producer. I think DJ Moore could smash where I have him, I think he could really be a top 15 guy this year. And I think that um, if you can get him in the sixth round, you absolutely have to pull the trigger on DJ Moore, especially when you consider there aren't many running backs at that. You know, there are one or two guys at in the sixth round that you could look at and say, yes, take that running back there. But there are about a handful, at least, of receivers in that in that range, maybe even more than that, that you should consider. And I think DJ Moore should be at the top of that list. So he's my wide receiver twenty-one. Number twenty-two is Brandon Ayuk. Look, man, I think Brandon Ayuk is a very similar player to DJ Moore in some regards. But when you look at what they had to work with now in San Francisco, they were a much deeper receiving unit last year. You know, Kendrick Bourne's gone, and and um, you know when you look at that, right? I think that Brandon Ayuk is their second best. Pass catching option, George Kittle obviously being number one. So he, in my opinion, is their number one receiver, right? And that's in a Kyle Shanahan offense that might have a huge spike in dynamic plays from the sense of if Trey Lance gets on that field early, because that's my guy, as you all know. But I think that there's no um, there's gonna be no inhibitance of being able to for Kyle Shanahan to scheme Brandon Ayuk open. So I'm not really concerned. As I would be in terms of like, oh wow, they don't have a whole lot to work with as as a skill player. You know, nobody's gonna be able to hone in on any one thing with Kyle Shanahan. So Brandon Ayuk to me is a guy that I think his floor is indicative of where I have him, but he could definitely finish, I would say, top 16, top 17 for sure. I like Brandon Ayuk a whole lot in that offense. And if Jimmy Garoppolo plays the entire season, that means that he's playing at a better, you know, more at, at a better rate than he was last year, right? So I think that, and that also means that he's healthy. So either way, in any in any case, I think Brandon Ayuk is going to return value and be a legit wide receiver too in the 2021 season. Number 23 for me is Tyler Lockett. Yes, um, you know I like him, and believe it or not, I think his ADP hasn't even lower. Than the wide receiver 23 which is kind of crazy to me because this guy was a top seven receiver for the first half of last season and then of course we saw him really fall off in terms of I mean really the entire passing offense in Seattle fell off but Tyler Lockett in my opinion is a guy that I think is season long um, in terms of where he'll finish I think is a wide receiver two low end wide receiver two with definite upside to finish much higher than that and I think that this year, if nothing else, I expect a more balanced uh, production lo- game log, right? For Tyler Lock. I don't think it'll be like he's either top five or top fifty-five, right? I think it'll be a little more balanced in that regard. And if he does that, even and just for the entire season, I think that he'll be a much more enticing play for every week that goes on in the two thousand twenty-one season. So Tyler Lock is my number number twenty-three receiver, number twenty-four, and this was tough because number twenty-four and twenty-five were very close. Uh, is Chase Claypool? I think Claypool is going to be a guy that, similar to what I said about Kenny Galladay and Mike Evans, I think he may even have lower volume than those guys, albeit he has an opportunity to have much higher volume, in my opinion. But I think that the most likely path of uh, what will happen in terms of his volume is going to be decent volume. You know, he's probably a guy that will finish with 60 or 70 catches in that range. Somewhere uh, definitely less than Deontay Johnson, which is why I have him so much lower, but I think that Chase Claypool is going to catch a bunch of touchdowns, eight plus, you know, maybe even, I mean, I could easily see 10 plus, but let's just say eight or more touchdowns, I think in 2021. And I also think that he'll be, you know, I I don't know about just as efficient, but I think very efficient in terms of a a little bit of a higher volume role than what he was last year. So yeah, I like Chase Claypool. I think that the upside is high top, you know, 15 or so. And the floor is kind of, I would say top 30 at worst, right? So I like Chase Claypool. I think he's going to be a um, decent option with a chance to really be a game, or, I'm sorry, league saving type of uh, draft pick in this, wherever he's going, sixth or seventh round. And number 25 is Jerry Judy, man. I want to be even higher on Jerry Judy. I just think that when you look at what he did last year, right? He was, he was a, a slot receiver with super high efficiency, but also Averaged like 18 yards per reception. So that's not normal for a slot receiver. And what we saw from him in terms of like route running and things like that was a very, very polished guy, just kind of like we all expected him to be. But he looked at times a little bit more dynamic than what I saw on tape at Alabama. So that's a good thing because he's not a phenomenal athlete, but he just, he's just a good football player. He's a better football functional athlete than what he is in terms of athleticism and like a testing and things like that. So I like Jerry Judy. I think that he is going to be the definite leader in terms of volume as their pass catchers go, as far as their pass catchers go. And I think that he's going to, um, his floor is relatively high. And I think his ceiling is probably even higher. I mean, it's probably right in that top, I would say 16, 17 range, maybe even higher than that. But floor-wise, I don't see any chance him he's going lower than like 20 wide receiver 27 or somewhere in that range. So I like Jerry Judy a whole lot, and I like what he could potentially be in year two as a professional in that offense in Denver. And so guys that I that I almost considered here were were T Higgins and um I also liked Rob. I also like Robbie Anderson. Uh, There's also a guy that I'm not into, and that's Will Fuller, but someone that I think could definitely be, you know, look, he was the top like 10 receiver last year, if you could go by uh, fantasy points per game. But I think that in Miami, the volume will be less, and and I just, you can't trust the guy from a health standpoint. I also consider Debo Samuel here, but we're, you know, let's be honest, Debo hasn't been a super reliable guy in terms of health. So couldn't quite put him there. But um, but yeah, so that's how I see it, guys. And let me know your thoughts on it. And um, I'll see you tomorrow. Peace.